2: healing is not there is no end point it doesn't end it's not like we finally have an answer and we can stop doing all of these things it's a beautiful thing to
0: kind of examine your own life welcome to the deep i'm zoe marshall in my early 20s a lot of traumatic things happened and ever since then i have had this fascination with people and their stories This is The Deep. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water, and community. I pay respect to Elders past, present, and emerging. Today, the episode is a little bit different. I'm going to share with you one of my greatest friends in my life, Nina, and... Some of her superpowers she passed on to me, and I want to pass them on to you. This isn't like fluffy woo-woo. This is quite practical, but it is incredibly helpful. We talk about writing, journaling, and what that is like, how you can do this, what the steps are, and how we want it to be raw without expectation of outcome. So today I'm going to be sharing a lot about myself. I hope you enjoy and take something with you from this conversation. Everybody, I want you to welcome McQuain, McQuain of all that people are like. What? Who are you, Zoe? What has happened to the deep? McQuain, Nina, welcome to the deep. (laughs) McQuain,
2: thank you so much for having me. It is such an honour to be here. Quite aside from our giggles. I have just watched on in awe as you have built this platform over how many years is it now? Three. Three? Oh my goodness. I am just, yes, I'm in awe of you. You're amazing. You know how much I love you. I have loved you since we were four years old and here we are
0: collaborating so for context for all of you that are listening to us like jerking each other off right now we have a 35 year long friendship we have a very deep spiritual not even like just real life connection where you are a sounding board to me you are kind of like one of these sage, wise women that just is one of those people that gives me grounding. So lots of people often ask me, Nina, like you listen to all of these conversations on the deep, these stories, you hold space. Who does that for you? Who are your tribe? Who are your people? You are the people. So not only am I introducing everyone to the person that – has inspired me has grounded me but I want to talk a lot about you you are a incredible writer we're just celebrating your third book you wrote make a living living which inspired me to make a living living and then go lightly and now can you please welcome us to your latest book
2: So my latest book is a memoir, which seems very crazy to say because people go, but you're not even 40 yet. How is this possible? But the thing is, a memoir is actually just a look inside somebody's life at a certain point in time. This is a little slice of a few years of my life uh, when I kind of changed the way that I did absolutely everything. It's called The Mindful Traveller. And it's all about looking at travel in a new way. How can we do it in a way that is more nourishing for the places we visit? What kind of took me to that point? Um, what does it look like to, jour- to journey internally as well as
0: externally? Mm. So, oh, you know I love that I'm theme. I'm not going to say
2: too much. <laughs> oh, Yes. The juiciest adventures are just, as we know, the ones that you actually take when you're going nowhere at all, when you're going deep, deep, deep inside yourself.
0: Oh, 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 see why we're best friends? So this is the thing about us is we will get on the phone and I will say to you, I have this idea or you will say to me, you know, I I, I, I need to figure out ABC in my life and then not only do we kind of soundboard for each other, but we go to places I think not a lot of people go. And I wanted this conversation to be about you are the company you keep you know, birds together, flock together, all of those kind of cliches we've heard of over the years. Like, how do you keep levelling up? Who do you surround yourself with? Like, this is such a defining point of who we are as individuals. Like, the conversations, the quality of keeping someone accountable, of keeping them honest, like, you saw me pick up this and you were like, your eyes flared. And I was like, (gasps) like, you make me better. You make me look at all of the things I do and challenge them. And I hope that I do that too with you, you know, that we keep each other really honest. But I wanted to talk to you about the quality of friendships and relationships. And we have seen, I mean, over 35 years, people come and go from our lives. Has it been an intentional practice just as Your work just as your, you know, day-to-day moments in your life, to have people handpicked around you that keep you honest? I love that question so much. I
2: think about this a lot. I think friendship is something that we talk so little about in comparison to all of the other relationships, particularly romantic relationships. And yet, Friendships are the cornerstone of our well being. There were such beautiful reflections from you just then, and I feel exactly the same with you. I mean, there are, you are one of those people that I go to when I need honest, real advice, where you're just going to say the thing. You know, you're such a straight talker, and that is such an important thing to have in your life. You know, when you, there are certain people whose advice you seek for that very reason, Mm -hmm. because they will, they will speak the truth. It is rare. It is hard to find. And to answer your question, that is, that is what I feel like I'm always trying to curate is a level of truth and integrity in relationships because, I think it might be getting harder to find that now because of the way that we are quite disconnected because of things like social media. We feel that we know people quite deeply because of the things that they might be sharing online. And yet true connection is getting harder than ever to develop and foster because we also don't have a lot of spare time now to put into those relationships. Um, you know, we... I think also maybe that's why there is this desire to seek a greater level of authenticity and depth is because mm. it's lacking in that kind of online space. And I just think, you know, they say you're the you're the total of the five people who you spend most time with. I think we could all really <laughs> do that's with so it.
0: wild.
2: It is, isn't it? But when you think about it, of course we are reflections of Those people around us. And so it's kind of up to us to really think about that. And I think we can also get lazy with friendships. I know you and I have had this discussion before. Not, maybe not lazy is the right word, but when you feel as though, oh, that person's kind of just there, or I've known this person for a really long time, therefore I should keep that relationship going just because I feel this sense of duty, which in a way is very beautiful, but also sometimes I do wonder if that serves us because we don't have all the time and energy in the world. And if we're feeding a relationship that isn't really alive, doesn't have that, you know, when you and I have our conversations, I get off the phone and I'm charged. I just feel ready for anything. And that is not the feeling all the time. And if you, I think, leave an interaction with somebody Often feeling depleted, feeling less than, feeling unseen. You know, I think that's something we can all really look at and go, okay, so what's going on there? How do I, how can I try and shift that? Or maybe it's time to kind of take a step back from that. Um, And I personally don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think, you know, there's a level of loyalty that's, that's beautiful to foster, but there's also just, um, really being careful about that energy that surrounds us all the
0: time. We have 35 years of friendship. So for a lot of people listening, they might never have experienced that. And I don't think it's a time thing with us. I think that throughout our life's journey, we have shared parts of ourselves that has allowed the other person to turn up Um, equally with us right so just recently I had quite a big existential crisis my husband was like you need to go away and Nina needs to go with you like whatever it takes she has to be there and I didn't understand that because I go away alone a lot and I love doing that and I realized that you were chosen because you were safe enough for me to be however I needed to be and I turned up at that retreat quite <laughs> twisted and bitter and angry and very uh, like a shadow version of myself and we pulled these tarot cards on this first day do you remember that
2: <laughs> oh I could never forget
0: and this This card like fell out of the deck, which was representative of me, which was this like scowling old woman alone on a hilltop. All her needs were met. She had everything going for her, but she couldn't see a thing in front of her. And we cackled and cackled, even though I was in a lot of pain. And then when I came through this pain, you were just like so willing And I don't think I've even reflected on this until this moment, but whatever that was going to look like, you were okay with that. And I think that's a part of a friendship that is, and and even more so than a romantic relationship, like sometimes friendships are the only ones that can do this, you know, not family members. It's like can step in, honour you exactly where you are, without changing a thing and holding space. What do you think allows you to turn up for me like that? What do you think that have we fostered over a really long period of time that makes that happen? Mm. Mm. Okay.
2: You know I'm an Enneagram 4, right? Right. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably you've told me and I'm like, what are we doing today? I Ching, Tarot, Enneagram. Okay, yes, go.
2: Yes. Okay. So for the uninitiated, the Enneagram is a personality test. It is broken into nine types. Everyone, please rush off and do the free online test and figure out which one you are, because I tell you, I'm evangelical about this because I really believe she will it helps. She'll send us
0: the link. She'll yes. send us the link for the show notes. Okay. I will,
2: because honestly, this is for me the 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 answer to your question. I am a four, which is all about going to the depths. I want to see you at your worst. I don't want to call you and say, Zoe, how are you? Which, by the way, has never, I don't think, happened. How are you? And you're like, fabulous. Yeah, just doing the groceries. Everything's fine. We do not have those conversations. It's how are you? Oh, just having a little existential crisis. Can you help me live? Those are the conversations that we have. And I just am so there for it. I'm there for all of it. I love it so much. But also, I think it's that thing of just showing each other that, You know, because you could have just said to me, I'm fine. You could have gone off to that retreat on your own and kept it to yourself because there is such a – and I'm definitely like that. I have a lot of people who I don't want to see me at my worst, and I I want to hide from that. I want to go to the retreat, fix myself, and then return as the whole version. But there is nothing more beautiful and more intimate – than allowing the people who you love to kind of fall into their arms and say, can you help mm. me? And I cannot tell you how much joy that brings to me. I remember when Fox was first born and you called me and you said, Benji's going oh. away. I don't know what to do with this new, I think he was a week old. You just, you were just <laughs> yes. shell shocked. You said, can you come? I th- I think I- he may not survive if I'm just here on my own. Can you come? So I came, a lot of stuff went down and
0: it was I think we it was have just to say, i think we should share the story because it's like you were his godmother also and so it was like you were so willing to turn up and do the duties and you had no idea what to do but we you were very good at looking after me you were feeding me you were dealing with my OCD and phobia like I'm washing my hands before I cut your tomato and then you were like really supporting me through that and then we went to bed and I remember waking you up at about 3am and saying I need help um he has shat through not only six layers of clothing his bedding it's gone through because I'd put him in my bed through my sheets my doona my mattress it's everywhere and you were like I can do this let's do it and you, oh, you just like I mean the enneagram <laughs> <laughs> I, I like still remember Perfect.
2: 3 a.m. I cannot tell you how great that moment was for me. Your face shaking me awake, everybody. She shook me awake and said, something has happened. You must come. It is everywhere. Like, I didn't know what was everywhere. And I said to her, you do know, I have no idea also what I'm doing, but let's go. and do um, it. My concern was just... I mean I loved him from the moment I saw him but my concern is always for you and so there I am going okay are you okay holding this little baby we're like what do we wash this baby in where does he go <laughs> we had to do. where is <laughs> we did, we just had no idea and it was that was another was one so of those fun. moments though of you just Just being fine to wake me up at 3 a.m. And we all actually want that. That is what we want. We want to be called on. We want to be asked. You know, sometimes when I'm feeling like, oh, I shouldn't make that call. I should know how to deal with this on my own. I should be able to do this. I just think about how good it feels to be called on, to be needed, to be wanted in that way. And to be, I think it allows us to feel Scene for what what someone else may perceive as our strengths, even if we don't see that. You know, for you to call me and I said, you know, I I don't have a child. I have very little experience in this. And you're like, I don't care. You are the one. And that feels so beautiful to me because, because I get to then step it- into that
0: place. And we're just like Cheech and Chong at three in the morning, you know, kind of like butting into each other, stripping off shit on the sheets. I think I was bathing him. I gave him to you in a towel. You're like, I'm just going to make jokes with him while you do the next thing. You know, it was just so, it was so stressful for me, but it was so playful that it took me out of that kind of, you know, fight or flight weird overwhelm and and we've had that thing together where I've been okay to fail in front of you constantly I've allowed you to know failures in my marriage failures in my parenting failures in my work and I think that is the thing that has created this bond where you have or I don't know who did it first or how it arrived but it was like you know that real I'll show you mine if you show me yours so Mm. we've always had this thing where it's so sacred you know so when a big existential crisis comes up you're the only one you know you're the you're the one and so we go away and what happened was this thing that not only were you just holding space crying with me at the very full lunch table with all the other diners you were practical You were like, this isn't working. Are you willing to change from today? And I was very confronted and I was very vulnerable and we did a little, you know, mind map and you sorted it out and that trip because you were there changed my life like that impact and you need that to land because this show was going to be in the bin. I was fucking done. I was done with everything in my life. I wanted to run so far away. I wasn't sure if I could keep doing the loop of life. And then you said, hey, we're gonna remove the things that aren't feeding your soul. It's going to take a financial sacrifice. Are you okay? Can you commit? Can I keep you accountable? And then on top of that, what are some practices we can carve into your morning to make you feel like you're grounded and you're loving yourself and you're honoring yourself? And this is where I wanted to lead into the very, you know, important point is you also changed my life again by having me commit to journaling. Now, this is like a cornerstone of your life. People may not, like they've heard it over the years and it might seem like a tedious chore, but tell me, I mean, you are a writer as well, so it kind of makes sense for you, but tell me the impacts of what you see when people journal. First of all, I think
2: for anybody listening to what Zoe just said, which was so beautiful. I think that is another benefit of just those deep, long lasting friendships is that somebody in a deep friendship can be in the darkest night of their soul, but somebody who loves them can see from the outsider's perspective exactly where they are falling, you know, when you're in it and you cannot see the wood for the trees. And exactly as you were saying, you want to strip. You're just like, I'm done with all. It's just all going away because I can't deal. But I could see so clearly like the bits that just needed to be alleviated so you can be your very best self. And we all need and want you to be that.
0: I want to add to something you're saying, which is it didn't just happen where you were like, that has to go. I challenged you on that. I was like, Nina, that is X amount of money per year. That equals this. This means that, and you were like, I hear you and I get it. Do you think if you got rid of that, you'd have more space and time to create or bring in that income somewhere else? Like you were so it was such a um, – it was almost like a business strategy. Like it was very practical, but inside of that was someone that loved me and saw me drowning. So I want everyone to, to know that it's not just like you trust what your friend says and there's no rebuttal. Like it's a robust conversation. Mm. It's a It's a mm. real conversation, you know. Mm.
2: Exactly, and that's where the juice lies. And actually this leads really beautifully into journaling because – journaling is a way to develop a deeper friendship with yourself. That is really the key to it. That's why I love it so much because you can have those conversations with yourself. And that's what I feel like I have done pretty much every day of my adult life, particularly since I read Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, probably, when I was mm, 20 or something that like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And she <sighs> introduced me to this idea of morning pages. And this is just 20 minutes every morning, freehand writing on whatever comes into your head without stopping. And that's really where the key comes in because this is a way to tap into mm. your subconscious, into your higher self to allow things to come up that you didn't even know were there. That is really what it's all about. It's not about, I teach a lot of writing workshops and people often say to me, oh, but like the writing without stopping is awful because what's coming out is not beautiful. It's not good. It's not polished, to which I say, this is absolutely not about that. And actually I often try and get uh, students to rip out what they have created at the end of a workshop and, and tear it up because this is absolutely not about the outcome. We need to let go of that. We've all been through a schooling system that tells us that anything we write has to be sort of perfected in the end. This is the mm. opposite of that. It's really a form of self-therapy is how I think of it.
0: Yeah. It's so funny because I started, actually I didn't know the key of don't stop writing, which is so pivotal to this process mm. but i am on i think we we went away june didn't we july august yes. may or june so i've been doing this for two to three months now i'm today i'm just doing it by day not by date i did day 57 because there was days that um i was unwell or i had my endo and i'd allow myself to sleep but i'm up to day 57 and The way it starts is generally because I'm so foggy in sleep, right? It's very early morning, the kookaburras are starting, the sun is rising, and generally it's reflective of how I've woken up. It always starts kind of there, and then it kind of develops, and sometimes it's just nonsense, Sometimes it's really profound and I have no judgment. All I know that I'm doing is unloading any any shit in my head. So the day starts so fresh. Mm. There's no um, gratitude list. There's no to-do list. Sometimes I do just go, oh, I'm having this conversation today and that kind of leads into something. But there's it, it just has given me some ownership back in with myself and my time and my space like my inner space and I don't think that we give enough importance to that anymore everything is an outcome everything is a goal everything it has a directive the beauty of this is how simple like this it's just the simplicity of self and the pages. You have though gone a step further, which I received yesterday, such strange timing, your cards. Mm. So you have journal prompts now for those who want a little juice, want a little flavor, right? Want a little stimuli. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the difference in writing free form or fluid unconsciously versus Prompts and do you prefer one over the other?
2: Well, I think it's still the same thing. I hope it's still the same thing. So, um, what I received a lot of feedback over the years of teaching is people saying to me, I don't know. I sit down, I look at the blank page, it terrifies me so much, I don't know what to do with it. You say do it every day because I, I sort of talk about this thing of creating a journaling ritual. And this is how the the deck of cards that I've released, which is called the Writer Within, it's it's about how to kind of set that up. And then it's these 50 prompts to get people going because people would say, okay, I've set up my little writing table that I go to at the same time every morning. I have my sand timer. I have my music to play. Everything is ready, but then I open. Oh, sand timer.
0: That is so much better than a phone. I'm going to get a sand timer. You should sell Um, those. Sorry.
2: I, I really should. I should, because honestly, technology is the thief of your creativity as soon as you turn on your phone with a timer. Yes. The, like, messages start pinging through suddenly Bing, you're five yes. minutes into journaling yes. and suddenly you're checking your email or you're checking your social media and the magic yes. is gone. So the sand yes. timer. Okay, now I know what to get you for your belated birthday present. It is yes. – It is, the prompts are so that people, I mean, I tell people, if you don't know what to write, you can literally write. I don't know what to write. This feels stupid. Am I wasting my time? Something comes from that. Something always comes from that. It's hard to articulate The magic of that. It's just that people have to give it a go and see, because I know you and I had sort of similar conversations before you started journaling where you were questioning whether it was the modality for you and what about meditation, all these sorts of things. There's something about setting your thoughts down concretely onto a page, which is so cathartic because you're unburdening your mind of all of these things. And the prompts are so that people can get out of rigid ways of thinking. I created them so that we don't keep creating the same neural pathways. You know, when you mm. you feel as though, okay, so I've been journaling for a week and I'm kind of stuck in this loop about a certain thing or um, I just – I feel like I'm kind of turning the wheels this is so that people can go, okay, you know, I broke it into 10 categories. So based around feelings. So there's, you know, confident, activated, calm. You can choose the way you want to feel, pull a card from Ooh. that and really like try to think and feel in new ways. So for instance, a lot of people have said to me also, it feels self-indulgent to write about myself every single day, which I would argue is absolutely not true. I think it's a really um, healthy thing to do so that for other people, because if you are writing it out and unburdening yourself, you're uh, much less likely to sort of take things out on other people. But for people who have said that, there are a lot of cards that are about actually expanding your sense of care. So there's one about writing to an inanimate object. So getting curious Ooh. about, yeah, so you could look at like um a, a ceramic cup. I'm holding up a ceramic cup right now. And you might ask it, you know, how did you come to be? Where did the clay come from? Um, you know, who made this? How far did it travel to get to me? It really then starts to shift the way you view the world.
0: The wonderment, yes. And the awe for everyday things. Do you feel like for those who feel challenged by meditating, this is a meditative practice? because what I have noticed, I'm le- like if I have only the 20 minutes, I'll mm. do the journaling, not so much the meditating, which is really interesting mm. to watch. Are you seeing people be more drawn to that and release meditation or use it in conjunction with?
2: Yeah. People use both or either. Um, I personally am more drawn to writing because I have struggled with meditation for a very long time. I go through fits and starts with it. What happens for me personally is that my thoughts go very fast when I'm meditating. Sometimes that can get exacerbated um, depending on what's happening in my life. The writing process really slows the thoughts down. Because when you think about writing without hands, it's slow. It's a slow practice. So to my mind, it's it's really a practice of, of slowing the thoughts down, of getting some clarity there, really distilling what is actually happening in our minds. You know, Joan Didion, I often cite this Joan Didion quote, which is, I don't know what I think until I write about it. And I think that that is so true for so many of us. We might go, oh, I'm feeling anxious. And I find sometimes if I'm in that state and I sit in meditation, it can actually kind of turn up more. Whereas if I sit down and slow those anxieties down, actually try and write like, what are they? What am I feeling right now? I, by identifying them, they they actually disappear. It is quite fascinating. And I think to start the day in that way by purging your brain of all these things, you can be of much greater service to everyone around you, to your own work, to the world at large, when you're not carrying that stuff around with you and mixing it into whatever it is that you're doing throughout the day.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite
0: I think that both of us and many people listening could relate if you're an anxious person, if you're a busy person, if you love to achieve, if you're an A-type, that this is the greatest way I've – this is only my personal experience but I'm sure you can attest – to regain control over my day regain control over my mind, regain control over my busy and be able to start. Like I am starting my day on my terms. My brain, my anxiety, my busy, my to-do is not starting my day. It's such a shift for the way that I enter my day in my world because there's something that um, is in there's an incredible level of gratitude for self when you give your, self time. Like it's a real gift. It's a real honoring that I love and respect you enough to give you 20 minutes in the morning when the whole house is still. Like it did feel the first two weeks definitely felt like this is different. This is slightly uncomfortable. This is odd. Getting up in the dark, setting up my candles, setting up my little blanket, getting my pen and paper. And then now when I miss it because maybe I had too many wines or I am unwell, that's very self-reflective too. When I've missed a session because I had a terrible sleep because I had two glasses of red wine, that for me is such a signal and such a message of self-reflection too. Mm. The missing the journaling is a message. So... I get nothing out of talking to you about journaling today. I don't get a percentage of sales for your cards. (laughs) I'm talking about this because it has literally shifted the way I live my life, the way I start my day, and you are responsible for that. You know, and I'm sharing on social media that I'm doing this a lot. Lots of people have questions. How do I start? Do you have prompts? Like all of the stuff that you're now giving away as – or you've created as service in the deck. I'm still currently just loving the play. Like I'm not introducing Mm. anything yet. I'm still in the – sometimes I write, oops, I need to poop now, and then I go off and then I come back. (laughs) Like it's just (laughs) – it's all there. There is nothing – There is nothing eloquent. There is nothing graceful. It is so real. It is so – I think it's the the thing I love the most is like, I fucking can't stand him today. Ah, And then I come back and I'm like, oh, wow, I was feeling a lot of aggression yesterday and today I fucking (laughs) love him. And isn't it interesting how the human mind works and hormones and that, you know? Did you want to say something? You look excited.
2: (laughs) I'm so excited about so many things. I'm like jotting down notes of things to talk about. Um, I just think that what you're talking about there is honesty. And that is such a hard thing for us to get honest with ourselves enough to be like, I hate this person right now and really go there. Like I'm always trying to... Talk to people about really going there because it takes a while to get to that level of honesty, and there's very real um, issues surrounding that. For instance, about safety. I bet there's a lot of people out there listening who do journal who've been burned by that. I certainly was as a teenager. I had my dad read my like reading your journal. (gasps) Yeah, and it really scarred me for a long time. So you do have to keep this safe. I don't know that that can look at many different ways. It can involve locks and keys. It can involve hiding places. It can involve, um, ripping up the writing and sort of destroying it once you've done it, whatever it is that people need to, to be safe, do that because really it is the honest writing that is the most cathartic. It's also, if anybody then wants to take it to the next level to sort of start sharing their work, and this kind of journaling is is what got me to the point of eventually writing a memoir because you're self-reflecting all the time, you're understanding what your life means, you're bearing witness to your life. And the best writing is the writing that like shimmers with truth. You know, when you read something and you Mm. go, oh my God, I can't believe they (laughs) just said that. I feel that way. How could they possibly have written that? You know, that's what we're all wanting. We just want to feel seen in that way, but particularly by ourselves. You know, when you're, you would have had this when you're journaling and you write something like that and it feels just good where you go, wow, I just honored my truth right there. Do you feel that?
0: Mm, And I felt like what's really interesting is everything is a moment in time, but when you're feeling it, when you're writing it, it is the truest moment for you and it's Mm. all that matters. So when I'm full of rage, irrational rage for whatever reason, or... Um, I can't stand it another minute, and it's all being written down. And then you go on with your day, and moments shift, and vibes shift, and a conversation's had, and understandings built, and there's a bridge, and you come back, and you can. I, I don't ever read back, but I know what was on the last pages, and I can and I can move through it and have a contradictory response that is very human that is allowed. Everything is allowed in my journal. Oh. I don't have to be anything for anybody. It can be like if someone read it, it would seem like such chaos, you know, but that's none of no one's business. Like if I died and the kids found it, and they were reading the room, it would be so odd too. It's not that it's not a an eloquent dear diary, the way the light shone on Fox's hair today made me remember a time in my own childhood. No, it's like <laughs> these are real thoughts, I'm real moments, real things. I feel like this one day, the next day, it's completely different because I've had a whole day to un, un, unravel moments and to relish and to move through. It's like... Such a it's such, uh, I can't explain it. It's it, there are not a lot of words to make the it, it is quite profound because of the simplicity, the truth, and the there's no expectation.
2: Oh, there is a no outcome, and like how many things do we do that are not outcome oriented in life?
0: Everything is and- outcome, everything.
2: And this is just for you. And this is also this idea of putting, you know, creation rather than consumption at the beginning of the day. So what I'm also trying to, mm. to, mm. to remember myself and getting everybody to remember is that we seek constant, uh, kind of affirmation or advice. All of these things constantly from the moment we wake up until the moment we fall asleep, we're we're kind of taking in information. We are hungry for it. We have this desire to seek outside of ourselves. But the truth is that we already know the answers to pretty much everything inside of ourselves. And this is a way to just remember that. And even if the answers seem confused, this is life, you know, I think that's, that's what's also very beautiful about journaling is that you can see that there is no consistency, you know, Zoe, we had this conversation the other day about like, healing is not, there is no end point. It doesn't end. It's not like we finally have an answer and we can stop doing all of these things. It's a beautiful thing to kind of examine your own life, examine it, examine the world, examine what's going on. I mean, there's, there's such intrigue to that. And if, if Mm. we can start getting really intrigued rather than aggravated by ourselves and our reactions and all of those things. I think life just becomes a lot more fascinating and a lot more delightful actually. And this is as much about delight as it is about moving through pain or anything like that. You know, there's a lot of prompts in the deck that are about like amplifying goodness as well, because I think that's something that I mean, moving beyond the sort of simple gratitude practices and things like that. It's like, what was a a moment in your day that just made you stop and go, God, the world is beautiful. The way the light Mm. is shining through a leaf or something like that, like amplifying that moment. And that might not be what you write about every day. That might be one in 10 days, but it's, it's about, allowing for all of these experiences to be to be part of it because they are all part of our lives the darkness and the light
0: i think that you and i and a lot of people listening are seekers you know and i use that word a lot which is They're the ones that want to know more, want to go deeper, are very curious, are asking questions, are willing to change their minds. And when you're that kind of person, you're never not learning new ways of being, right? So I just want to bridge this for a second into... That part around internal-external, which I'm learning a lot about at the moment, um, it's tied into my, you know, overcoming this phobia, but what was really interesting when I spoke to you about this was I've always thought about spirituality as outside of, you know, the universe or mother nature or God, whatever you wanted to call it, all things, nothing, Outside of me, and we were having this conversation, which I have been reflecting on in the journaling around why do we pull the tarot cards? Why do we see the psychics? Why do we um, go outside of ourselves to get confirmation? right? And you had this, we had this incredible conversation like we have every time. Can you share your thoughts on this? Because it brings it back to the journaling and coming internal again. Could you share that? Mm.
2: Mm. Well, what I think I said to you the other day was, I think we seek externally because we are exhausted and we often just want to, we we want it Offer up our queries and our woes up to the universe and say, Can you just hold that for a minute? Can you give me some answers? Because I just, this is very heavy and I and I need a little bit of help. You know, Tara Brack, the who's one of my favorite Buddhist meditation teachers, she talks about that, an actual physical practice of holding you know, you imagine that whatever it is that you've been holding, this question, this burden, whatever it is, you hold it physically in your hands and you, and you kind of offer it up, up and you push it up above your head and you just ask the universe, God, the higher power, whatever it is, however you describe it, just hold that for me for a minute because I am tired and I can't do it right now. And mm. I think that is a really beautiful, simple way of explaining perhaps why we do these things why we seek external validation and I mean I think we all do it we all have our different modalities I start every week with pulling a tarot card and I kind of I'm a, quite a uh, maybe cynical questioning person <laughs> and um, at, but, but I love to kind of go oh yeah that's what i was thinking that's what i was thinking anyway but thank you thank you for giving me yes. that you know just that extra that extra little boost
0: but the thing you did say was if you pull the negative card you also put it back in the deck and you get a new one <laughs> yes <laughs>
2: Where you go, oh, oh, the negative card. That must have been, yeah, because that was last week. Okay, so that was the past. (laughs) Let's pull one for the present. And then you pull another one. and And it's also not good. And so you say... Ah, okay. So that's the one for, that's a warning for the future. What about the one for this week? And you keep <laughs> pulling. It's ridiculous. But this is what I mean. I mean, you, you, you know the truth inside yourself that you are seeking and you're going to keep looking until you get that. You know, when you hear people, yes. or I, for instance, I saw a psychic probably six months ago and I wanted validation on on actually where I physically was going that year. And she sort of said, oh, you know, I can see you are going. There is the US, the UK is coming up. And I said, ah, so do you think maybe that's India? Is it India? And she said, no, I just, I said the US and the UK, like, do you see that? And I said, ah, so maybe it's via, maybe it's a stopover on the way to India. And (laughs) <laughs> when, I, when I listened back on the conversation, I'm like, okay, so I'm quite clear about where I want and need to be in myself. And the yes. fact that she's given me a contrary answer and I'm reacting to it in that way means that I already know what I want. And this is where the journaling comes in because it's like this practice of getting closer to ourselves, trusting that we know what's up, trusting that we actually have the answers. It's a practice and it may take a lifetime, but this is, I mean, intuition is something we all once had a lot more of. And I think because of the way that we live now, the speed, the constant barrage of information, I think we have lost a bit of a link there. And that is why we are also living in a society that is largely devoid of ritual. And I think by creating these sorts of rituals, these small, simple uh, writing ritual to connect to yourself, you know, there's prompts in there also to connect to to people who are no longer with you, to, um, you know, to different parts of yourself, to kind of turning life and the world over in your mind so that you can examine it from different Levels and really in that way, just as I keep saying, move closer, closer into yourself.
0: Mm. How lucky am I that you're my best friend? <laughs> I am so. <laughs> I was thinking that today, you don't often sit outside your friendship and like look at them, all of their achievements, all their accolades, everything they've given to the world and go oh my god they're mine like that's it was such a beautiful thing to do today is to look at you with a whole new like lens like set of eyes it was so Mm. beautiful
2: oh that is so gorgeous I love that and I feel that I feel that today as well and I also think here's another prompt that is in here that that can that can allow us all to have that perspective, which is writing a love letter to somebody that you may never send, you know, uh. like, because how rare is this? Not everybody gets an opportunity to have these kind of conversations with people that they love. So, you know, this is another way that journaling can, you know, if you, if you, if you really admire somebody, but you're too shy to tell them, By writing about that, it can just Mm. kind of ignite that in you. And maybe you will send that letter to them. Maybe you never will. It can also work in the reverse if you're having a problem with somebody and you're so furious with them, you don't know how to talk to them about it. And this is another way, writing directly to them. And you know how cathartic that can yes. be and how often you read back the next day and go, Oh, look, that has changed too. Lucky I didn't send that, but also it's so great yes. to get it out.
0: Mm. And also you can reflect and go, am I being fair? Am I being irrational? Yes. Versus like when when rage and anger takes over, it can so deeply taint our lens that it's so important to get out and then go holy shit, if I said that, and we've all done it, we've all said the, the things just to hurt versus getting your message across to be actually understood or the power of that. To, I have been doing like um, hard conversations. I've been journaling like practices, like a practice go of it, and Ooh. then looking at <sighs> – Yes, like the power of okay, this is what I want to say. Like fuck you and fucking this and <laughs> and then it's like, okay, there's not a lot of clarity in what you're trying to say. Like let's take out the rage. What is your message? Like that is so helpful for me.
2: Oh, I love that. And so tell me, when you're doing that, are you are you writing all of that as in like I'm going to say this and then are you writing oh, that's a bit harsh. Like, are you writing all of that or is half of that conversation happening in your head?
0: So it would be like I'm writing it to them. Like, you're so selfish. I can't stand you. How could you do that? Blah, 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 right? This isn't to anyone in particular. And then what will happen is I will, that rage, half of the rage is gone because it's on the page. Then I go Mm -hmm. through my day and I Mm -hmm. simmer on it all. And then if Mm. I'm still querying, having the conversation, I go back and look at what the message is versus what the rage is. So it's like, um, and this is the only time I'd read something back in my journals because I'm working it through. It's almost like a therapist, you know, I'm giving you all of this and now I want to receive back what will be helpful for me to get what I need, So, doing all of that, Mm. and sometimes Mm. you can just do that if you're actually having a therapy session with somebody that you get it all out. So you're clear about how you want to go into that. You're not wasting time because the thing is rage and anger can take up so much of the conversation, can make them reactive. Can you get stuck in the dance that you do versus, oh, okay. The message is actually this. I'm feeling so angry, but this is my message. How Mm. are you going to respond? So that's been very powerful for me.
2: I think that is so beautiful that you found your way to that. I um, once heard Elizabeth Gilbert talk about something that she does and I actually reference it on one of the cards, which is you write to yourself from love, right? And then you write back to love. This might sound very strange, and actually, do you want me to read out this prompt? Because I feel yeah, like it. it could be helpful for people. Because if anybody has just listened to what Zoe said and sort of thinks, what is that? Here is what you could do. Okay. So what, what Liz Gilbert does, Eat, Pray, Love Liz Gilbert, she does this letter to love every morning. And then responds to herself from love. She's done it for 20 years. And this is a version of what Zoe was just talking about. So the prompt would be try writing to love, which is essentially that kind of pure, non-judgmental awareness within yourself. So try writing to love about something you have been struggling to gain clarity on. And then you explore everything you think might be blocking you from moving forward with it and then you write to yourself so you would do that for 10 minutes and then you write to yourself from love and Mm. if you find that difficult you can imagine writing from the position of Zoe as you just described a close loving friend and then you give yourself very sort of tender simple advice And so that's kind of based on that whole premise of like, we're so much better at advising other people than we are at advising ourselves, right? So writing is an amazing way to kind of step out of ourselves and gain some kind of outsider's perspective on our lives, on our problems. And this is one of those things you have to experience it. So I really hope everyone who's listening can set aside a little bit of time to just try that one, because it is one of the most powerful. When you think, wow, when I just step out of my situation, I can see things a whole lot more clearly. And also when I'm kind to myself, you know, I think that we can be such harsh judges of ourselves. We can berate ourselves. You know, there's probably not too many of us out there who are kind of like giving us tender, loving advice like a dear friend might every day. But to be able to offer that up to ourselves is really very important. It's a very important perspective, I think, to practice.
0: I feel like... Honouring that part, right, which is the rage or it is the pettiness or it is the jealousy or whatever it is, like that part of the process is so important because if we just pretend that we don't feel and we're just our Mm. higher selves, right, we never actually – get to move through a human experience and come out the mm. other side, it's still repressed. You know, if you can be an ugly version, because we all know who we really are when no one's looking, you know, our mm. pants are unbuttoned and we're a bit gross like versus the outside world and we think bad some bad things that we would never say aloud. That can be honoured in your writing, you can be that. There's nothing wrong. Even though we think by a society there's something wrong with that person, that is as valuable as your higher self. You mm. need to, to honor the jealous, petty, whatever version of you that arrives sometimes, so you can hear it. It has something important to <sighs> say. The rage has something it has to say. It's not feeling seen. It's not oh. feeling honored. So then you you get it out on the page. You, you don't project it onto somebody else, right? So you're not – I would do that all the time. I'm feeling so angry. You need to feel what I feel. I'm hurt. You're going to mm. hurt, right? Mm. That's, not, that's not always helpful. So I'm going to put my rage on the page and then I'm going to go on to the day and I'm actually going to um, say to them, I'm not in a position to speak to you in a healthy way. I either need assistance with a therapist or I need to work through something. Right? So it's a very adult way of doing things. Then I can go back and go, what do you need out of this rage or out of this jealousy or out of this pettiness? Like what like what Elizabeth Gilbert is saying, like love, I would for me, it would make more sense for me to say my higher self. What is it mm-hmm. saying? Mm. What does she want? And then you mm. can actually go with vulnerability and say, I was feeling a lot of anger. What I know is I'm actually not feeling supported. I'm not feeling acknowledged. And that versus I want you to hurt, then they're in their hurt, and then they're like, fuck. The time, I've just got this list I'm doing. We've got to wrap it up, but in this emetophobia course, we're working on self-esteem, which I think from the outside, I look like I've got great self-esteem. And then you and I had this conversation about, well, how often do you allow your wins, big or small, to land? How often? The answer is never. And these wins that I have 10 of them currently in my phone and every time there's a new win, a new one comes in and pushes the old one out. And I simmer on each one for 30 seconds, five times a day. Do you know how fucking proud I am of myself at the moment? Because oh, I'm like, yes. I'm like, one of them was you had an adult conversation with Benji about a... And I was like, that came from the journaling. So do you see how things are married? It's like the, it's all married in. It's like the awareness of, for example, I could say, um, I organized my friend a beautiful birthday cake and present. I'm a really good friend. And that lands. And I go, I am. I've actually never really realized how good of a friend I am. I, which is crazy. You would know. But I don't know. And I think that Mm. this is another, Mm. I guess, takeaway from everyone is little things like today I encouraged my little person when they did a wee on the toilet. I'm a supportive, loving mother that has patience. Like, Mm keys, keys, like drop them in, drop them in. I nourish my body with whatever wholesome food, or I let myself have a treat today. I'm kind, whatever it is. Those landing moments, I think, really marry in with the writing and the self-love and the self-care.
2: Oh, yes, because I, I love that so much. I think that's such an expansive idea. And I think in the kind of self-development space, there is such a hyper-focus on, you know, levelling up, getting to the next level. And that's when we can kind of always feel like there's more to do, where we're not savouring and amplifying the good things. And so journaling is such a powerful way. Imagine if you got each thing in your win list and journaled on one of them for 20 minutes, like that really lets it land. And it can feel uncomfortable. Like I definitely have had that where I'm like, oh, you know, when you grow up and it's like, oh, showing off or you're, you know, there's that kind of voice that can come in and how powerful to just recognize that and go, that's not healthy. It's very healthy to be looking at your life and actually appreciating what you've created so that we're not on this constant treadmill chasing some kind of some kind of carrot that is always going to be dangling that we're never going to reach like let us Mm -hmm. catch it every day
0: let me taste it let me savor it let me Mm. share it with my friends Mm. let me like uh, and i think that's going full circle now with the existential crisis is exactly what you were saying mm. was the doing and the busying and that like real societal trick of like more more insatiable greed to think that or to feel that you're okay you know the understanding that suffering is inevitable married with like relishing the beauty in your life with the most mundane things like magic in the mundane is my favorite thing like you said with a ceramic cup you know you see that through a new lens like I hope everyone listening takes something not only from our friendship but from the way in which we live each day because I think people look at us and they think many things, but often, you know, what incredible, successful lives we have. But really, I think this is the secret, is like this is the shiny bit that comes throughout. This is the contagious part that people want, that there's untangible, is like this self-love and respect to give space and honoring for ourselves. Because you have
2: nothing if you don't have that. You actually have nothing. I mean, listen to how we started the conversation. Look at you, look at the life you have. Look at you've like literally every single box is ticked, and yet there you were going, "None of this means anything to me. I feel completely empty." That is what the inability to savor and slow down leads to. And to inhabit it, I'm so proud of you to hear that you are now inhabiting your life. You are actually in it. You're not sleepwalking through it. You've managed to slow it down. You've managed to be in those winds and in those moments. And that is just something absolutely every human out there listening to this could do.
0: And this is what I want to do. We'll, we'll, I, we really will wrap it up now. But, you know, I've been talking to you and fleshing out with you this new idea, this new offering I want to do with this event. is And it's been so hard to give it a theme for week one because this is the essence, you know, but then how do you, like, tie that in? It's like <laughs> how do you stop sleepwalking? Mm. How do you – this is how. This is it. So I just – you are such a um, – incredible light in my life, my sounding board, my champion, my confidant. I mean, I'm not going to keep going, but I just thank you so much for like gracing us with your wisdom today, bringing out the best in me like you always do, and also being of service to the community with this beautiful new book. It arrived yesterday. It's next to, I haven't even told you, I wanted to tell you today, I get to start with it. I'm in bed with you tonight with this book. Your service is uh, so, so important to our world, our community. So we'll leave all the links to the book. We'll leave the links to the, um, the writing cards. It's called The Writer Within, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is.
0: Yeah. We'll leave all the links to Nina's everything. And I love you and thank you. Thank you so much for
2: existing. Once you wrote to me on a card, it is quite simple. I love you. And I'm going to leave it at that.
0: I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at Deep.